Lord, that it's your word that quickens us from the dust. And we are spiritual people, and we are first spiritual before we are physical. We live in a physical world, but we are first spiritual. And Lord, we just ask you to bless this introduction, bless the message today in Jesus' name and the baby dedication. And thank you, Lord, for the group that came up from Baltimore that blessed us with the music. And then last night's just fantastic meetup that we had with all those new people that came and just a vibrant time of fellowship and discussing our, our, our eternal purpose. And thus we pray these words in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, this month we've been talking about you about your devil is too big. And what we mean by that title is, is that people make the devil too big. They make him bigger than he really is. And our first two messages were about that, about how uh, really the context of where the devil's place is and how people can make the devil too big. And so this will be the last message that we have on this subject. Um, and then next Sunday we have a, we're going to be, this is Black History Month, so we're going to be having a really fun next Sunday. So please come. We're going to, uh, Rock is going to be preaching. Henry's going to be sharing a testimony. We're going to have some like amazing music. And I think we're going to bring the house down. That's what I heard, right? Amen. So, so we're, we're, that's what's going to happen. And, um, you know, some of us are going to be taking a back seat, and we're just going to let some others just run the program. And it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to it. And so this will be the last message on the subject. And next month, we want to start talking about Daniel and his vision. And we want to talk about the man Daniel, his anointed life, and then his vision that he got from God about the last days. And we're going to talk a lot about what the Bible says about the last days. And that's going to be some new stuff, and I want to encourage you to come. So people really make God too small because, and when they do that, the devil becomes too big. And one way we do that is by living in the pain of our soul. People live, People, all of us in this room have some measure of pain, whether it's defined or undefined. Uh, I think that the most painful part of a person's pain structure is not physical pain, but it's inner pain. I think that someone could be in fantastic shape, but be in a lot of pain inside. And what can happen is, and this will happen to all of us, by the age of 40, all of us will have something, this is what statistics say, will have some type of an experience that will be either personal failure, uh, someone betrays us, uh, we, we have some kind of a massive health situation or some kind of tragic thing will happen to us. And I think that when that happens to all of us, and that's called life, people who do not know God, who are not born again, they don't have any type of context or solace in the matter. And so what could happen is, is that, and this happens to Christians, and I really want to just shortly talk really right to us right here on a practical level. All of us suffer some kind of a pain or wounds. And instead of healing those wounds, and instead of trying to modify or fix the wounds, Jesus Christ came and he brought a cross to resolve those issues once and for all, and that was through crucifixion. Now, what does that mean? I remember going to Bible college. In my first six months of Bible school, I was just like, kind of wandering around like, I don't even understand what's going on. This, people are so excited about the cross and the finished work. And, 
And I just could not, and I remember sitting down with one of the guys I was rooming with, and I was like, this is going to sound really funny, but what does the cross mean? <laughs> What's the whole big idea about the cross? And I grew up in a church, and I'm just kind of one of these people that really need things really on the bottom shelf, you know, in small edible packages so that I can digest them through the Holy Spirit. And what can happen is, is that through pain, people begin to live in anger. And so much anger is caused by anger, and resentment is caused by resentment. Fear is caused by fear. And so much loneliness is caused by somebody else's loneliness. All of these problems, including drug addiction and alcoholism, happen because of an unfulfilled capacity in people's hearts with an unfulfilled purpose. And we talked about that last night about purpose. That was probably one of the best, I think, times we've ever had talking about that subject. It was just such a rich time. There are people that really, when we lack understanding of what God feels towards us and wants us to understand, we can so easily not understand God's compassion towards us. And so what can happen is, is when we do not allow God's compassion towards us, then we allow pain to destroy the potential of our call in Jesus Christ. I just want to park on that for a minute. And then people's gods become too small. And just think of this with me this morning. The Lord Jesus Christ sees people who have needs. He looks at us in compassion. He never, God is never casual in his observance nor careless in his comprehension. But God sees, what God often sees is so much of our pain which is caused by things that have happened. And so, what does it mean that Jesus Christ crucified all of our sin and all of our pain? And I know Pastor Ron may be talking about another subject that kind of dovetails into this, but shame. How, do, how does the cross deal with all of those things? Because there's a lot of injustice in this world, and we're going to find also injustice sometimes in the church. We're going to find people in the church that we, that we love are going to maybe say something or do things that really can really hurt us. Because we live in a world that's not perfect. And when we come to a church and we find ourselves coming to church, we're going to find ourselves amongst a group of people that are not perfect people. And so we have to have a personal cross. And what does this personal cross mean? Well, three things. And I just, I want to, I, I was meditating on this early this morning. Three ultimate things. I like ultimates. I like ultimatums. I like, I like bottom line. I like just give me the, Give me the, the bottom line here. And the three things is, number one, Jesus' life was an ultimate association with human pain. That's Hebrews 4, verse 15. That verse tells us that Jesus Christ, when he came, he came as a priest, not that, not that he was separate from our suffering, but in all points he was touched as we are. He was tempted in all points. Think of that. Every sin that you've ever been tempted in your life that, you can, that, you're, that you're willing to talk about and unwilling to talk about, every sin, every temptation, Jesus was faced with that. Isn't it amazing? Amen. Every sin in this world was Amen. thrown at Jesus Christ. The worst sin you can imagine, thrown at Jesus Christ. And just his association with publicans and sinners in Luke 15 made him guilty in the eyes of the Pharisees. You ever been, have you ever been guilty by association? <laughs> I, I have, you know, <laughs> hanging around these people and then like, hey, you know what, you've been hanging around these people. We, we want to know what they're talking about, you know. And that happened to me. 
And I said to that person, well, I can't really tell you anything because it's all under the blood. It's all covered. It's, it's, been, it's been set from the east as far as the east is from the west. Number two, the cross was an act of ultimate identification with our sin. So association, Jesus associated with us and became guilty by association. Number two, the cross was an, was an act of ultimate identification with our sin. Romans 8 verse 3, Jesus came in the likeness of sinful flesh. You know, that's why politicians and politics are never going to have the answer for society. Because they're talking about programs. Just throw more money at it. That's not the, that's not the answer. The answer is a cross. A cross. What did God give this world? A cross. And this is, this is what it means practically. What does the cross of Jesus Christ mean? One thing that it means is that in my pain, in my temptation, in my suffering... I can look at Jesus Christ and say, he was there. He was there. He experienced this pain of temptation and suffering. And just by identifying with our sin on the cross, in Romans 8 verse 3, made him guilty. He was, he was made guilty by the appearance of sinful flesh in Romans 8 verse 3. His resurrection, and number three, his resurrection ascension, sending the comforter, the ultimate consolation in human suffering and temptation, John 14, 15. So number one, we have the ultimate association with pain. Number two, ultimate identification with our sin. And number three, the ultimate consolation. And this is the point I want to finish with, compassion. I was talking with Pastor Ron. We were eating some pizza. I don't know. Whenever I eat pizza with somebody, just God seems to come into the picture. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. But we were just having pizza together. And, and we were just talking. I just was thinking. We were just discussing how God has so much compassion on us. Listen to this verse. and think of the, Someone may say, well, God has compassion on me if I'm a righteous person. Then I earn the compassion of God. No. No. <laughs> That's actually, no, we do not earn the compassion of God by being righteous. How do we know that? Well, uh, Jeremiah 12, verse 15 says that when Israel, God's nation, was backsliding and being really crazy spiritually, God had compassion on them. What? That's amazing, isn't it? God had compassion on them. Sometimes I look at people that are really in trouble in their life. A a born-again Christian who's like a a taught Christian who knows the Bible in and out a Christian for 30 years, and they're in trouble spiritually. And I look at them, and the compassion of God moves towards them. Number, in another verse, Psalm 78, verse 38, the Word of God says that he had compassion on them, and he forgave all of their sins. Amen. Isn't that great? God's compassion towards us. Not only did he have compassion, but he forgave our sins. Isn't that awesome? He forgave our sins today. Do you feel that this was a tough week? Maybe you failed a lot. Maybe you tried not to do something and you failed in it a thousand times and you're just thinking, wow, I'm just going to drag myself to church and I'm going to sit in the back in the sinner's section. I'm not saying that that's the sinner's section back there. But I just feel like sometimes, Tony, sometimes I feel like i got to finish this here. Sometimes we feel that way. But you know something? Hey, you know what? If that's where the grace is, that's where I'm going to sit. Okay? So don't everybody sit in the back from that one either. Psalm 78, that he had great compassion. The word there is great compassion and forgave them all of their sins. And lastly, Isaiah 63, verse 9, in all of their affliction, he was afflicted. Amen. That's where, remember, here, you ever hear that term, uh, I feel your pain? I think 
uh, a certain president years ago said that a lot. But this is where it came from. And I'm just going to finish with this, that when you and I feel the most unworthy, when we feel the most, when we failed our own standards or everybody else's standards, don't react to people. This is where evil comes from, where when we fail and we start reacting at people and at, we react to our concepts of people and we react at leadership and we just, you know, we just get quiet before God and say, I'm not going to blame people. I'm not going to rag on other people. I'm just going to get quiet before God and I'm going to think about this, that God has compassion on me right this moment. And I just thought the other day, I just, I just, just, you know, I, I, I did something and I wasn't really, I was just like, wow, I don't feel great about this. And I said, you know, what? I'm just not going to do anything. I'm just going to sit and bathe in the compassion of God right now. Amen. And I just bathed in that compassion that God loves me and that, that he didn't come into the picture to tell me to change things, but he is changing me through his love and his finished work. I mean, we have a place positionally in Jesus Christ, but we are transformed into that experience when we start to think about the compassion of God. And this is, this is the final thing. The comforter, the comforter. I think 99.9% .9 of Christians don't understand what that means. The comforter means that in, in Hebrews 4, verse 16, when I need help, the comforter is there to comfort me. And when you're there, like when, you, when a person's tempted or when they fail, they're like beating themselves up. Just say, you know what? I'm going to listen to the comforter right now that, that comforts me, that tells me it's okay, that I'm a clean, I'm a new creation in Christ. And you know, we, in, in March, we want to start a, uh, me, Don, and, and Pastor Ron, we want to start a uh, recovery program for, for people that are struggling with addictions. And we want to do this because it's so on our heart that this is such a slice of society that really needs help. And a lot of them are not proud of it. God is not interested in us cleaning our life up, really. All, the only thing he wants us to do is just to receive that transformational compassion. And think about that compassion, how much God loves us, how much he's, he has compassion. He sees us struggling. And, and, and ask a, a mother when she sees her son or daughter struggling and just in failure, is there compassion there or is there anger to kick them out the door? There's compassion there, like thinking, I understand. I can see what's going on, and I love that. I love my son and my daughter, and I want to, I want to empower them with love and grace and guidance and this is the way God thinks with us and that's the way we ought to think with him. Amen. Amen. Let's close in prayer.